Good morning, saints. Morning, sinners. Morning, guests. I'm glad you're here. Our uh, second scripture lesson comes from the book of Ephesians. We're sticking with Ephesians, uh, and we'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Verses 1 through 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. Paul writes, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the bond of the Spirit of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's own gift. Therefore, it's said in Psalm 68, 18, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to the people. Now, parenthetically, when it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all heavens so that he might fill all things. Now the gifts that he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, in order to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, so we must grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up. For what? In love. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Now let me begin today with a simple and straightforward question. Are you a grown-up? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Think about it. Are you grown-up? A twist on that might be, have you grown-up yet? Young people hear their parents tell them, now when you start acting like a grown-up, then you will be able to go do such and such. Parents attach certain characteristics to what it looks like to act like an adult in the world, and they try to teach those 
characteristics to their children. What are signs you look for in a person that determine their level of maturity? Is it how someone dresses? Is it how they act in various circumstances? Do we measure maturity by age or how much knowledge someone has? Then again, maybe we measure someone's maturity by how well they handle increased responsibility. The Apostle Paul is writing the church and is imploring the church to grow up and act like mature followers of Christ. Apparently, Paul had some rubrics or metrics that determine in his mind both a person and a church's maturity level. And we're going to unpack that in our Scripture today. And Paul lifts up at least three indicators of what a mature disciple looks like in our Scripture. First, our lives are to look like a disciple's life. That seems pretty self-evident. Second, we have been each given gifts to use for the greater good of the community. And finally, disciples of Christ are committed to lifelong learning in the faith. Indicator of Christian maturity number one. A person's life looks like a disciple's life. Now that does seem self-evident. But looks, looks can be deceiving. And we can see that what's on the outside doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on in the inside. We have all met those Christians who say and act piously and do things like, you know, they carry their Bible everywhere they go. They go to church. They bring a casserole to the church potluck dinner. But they also gossip. They put down. They withhold the love of Jesus if you disagree with them or they with you. They withhold their giving to the church just as a way to get back. Now, when I say our life needs to look like a disciple's life, I mean that our life consistently reflects internalized core virtues and values I don't care on the outside per se it's what goes on in here that gets expressed out there that matters Paul says that in order for us to lead a life worthy of our calling literally our vocation as a disciple of Jesus then our life will bloom with the buds of virtues and values that smell like Christ our lives, he says, will be steeped in humility and gentleness. Our lives will display patience, long-suffering. A disciple's life is reflected in his or her ability to bear up with others in the Christian community. Another way to say that, is how well we can put up with one another for the benefit of the greater good of the church. 
humility, gentleness, patience, putting up with those you disagree with. These are values and virtues that are only developed over time and practice, beloved. It's only when these virtues and values are expressed that all the pieces fall into alignment in the body and the grandeur of the one Spirit, the one Lord, the one God and Father of us all is displayed. It's not just what's on the outside. It's what's displayed from inside out that matters. The second indicator of a mature Christian is whether he or she is using the spiritual gifts they have been endowed with. Every one of you in this church, like in Ephesus, has a spiritual gift. And the list of gifts in today's lesson is not meant to be an exhaustive list. Rather, Paul is echoing other verses from Romans and 1 Corinthians that have all types of lists of spiritual gifts. But Paul is simply saying that as a result of Christ's death and resurrection, you and I are gifted to foster an environment within the church where the ministry of Christ is practiced in this Christian community in order that through this Christian community, that is the church, Christ is taken back out into the world. The church you, the people. The church is where we learn and practice the art of being an apostle, an evangelist, a liberal giver, a pastor, a teacher. It's within the Christian community, this group called church, that this should be the safe environment to explore our gifts and graces in order to leverage them for the outside community. The Christian church, this community, should be teeming with people who are eager to jump in and use their spiritual giftedness, not just the same 20%. The Christian community, this church, should be, the places, should be the place where we as disciples come together, work on the tough issues together, and show the world how we agree to disagree in a loving way. Because if we can't do it within the church, there is no hope for the outside world. Christian maturity is measured by the display of inner virtues and values that are displayed outward to the world. It is displayed in each of our using our spiritual gifts, both individually and corporately as church. The third indicator of Christian maturity is a disciple's commitment to lifelong learning about God and their faith. See, God is calling to make sure you got this point. All right? 
Paul, Paul is imploring us to answer the phone. <laughs> Paul, my friends, is imploring us to grow maturely in our knowledge of the faith so that we will not be blown about by the wind of the many spiritual snake, uh, snake oil salesmen out in the world in our culture today. Beloved, how are you growing in your knowledge of the faith? How are you growing in your knowledge of the faith? Are you? Think with me for a moment. Think about a person's emotional development. As a person grows older and at various phases of his or her life, her personality changes. The way she processes information changes. The way she relates and communicates her experience in life adapts and changes. In a person's psychosocial development, my friends, it is really obvious when an adult acts like an adolescent, isn't it? We've seen a lot of that in the last year and a half. If a person, if a person is not growing in their psychosocial development, we get worried, and what do we do? We call in specialists and counselors to help them get it right. Well, did you know that our growth in spiritual maturity is the exact same thing? One's spiritual maturity and knowledge is supposed to grow and develop as well. Unfortunately, over the last three decades of ordained ministry, I have seen too many Christian adults act like they were stuck in spiritual adolescence. Their faith has remained stuck with what they remember from their children's Sunday school classes, from youth group. And that's where it stopped. And now their lives are getting besieged by mature adult problems in a crazy, swirly world and they're still trying to process everything on an adolescent faith. It breaks my heart. They have matured intellectually. They have, matured, uh, they have matured physically. They've matured socially. They've matured professionally. But spiritually, they're stuck back in the past and have not grown up in the faith. Sophomorically, they point and they say, well, it says in the Bible, such and such. But they have failed to grow in their understanding of God, of who Jesus is, and the message within the Bible that Jesus is desperately trying to get across. Let's not forget the devil can quote the Bible. Let's not forget the Pharisees and Sadducees they knew their Torah. They knew the law. They could quote it verse, chapter. That's not the problem. 
When I'm saying grow mature in the faith, Jesus is reminding the Sadducees and the Pharisees how to apply what you learn in the Scriptures so that others know you're a God-honoring disciple. My friends, Jesus doesn't just care if we can quote Scripture. Jesus cares if you can apply it, practice it, and do it ethically and theologically. Has your faith grown up with you? Or are you stuck in the past? Beloved, what virtues does your life reflect? What spiritual gifts have you been graced with? Are you using them? Has your faith matured biblically, theologically, missionally? Were you riding the coattails of what you learned as a child? Friends, these are just three indicators that point to our spiritual maturity as a disciple and as a church. The time is upon us where you will be asked to say yes in using your gifts and graces. The time is coming soon when you'll be given the chance to have the best two hours of the week as we grow up together. I can't wait. I can't wait. There's no telling what we're going to do this year when we're all firing on the same cylinder. Amen. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, we come today and we give you thanks that we are bound by the spirit of unity and the bond of peace that you have called us to demonstrate a life of humility, gentleness, patience, long-suffering. Lord, we, we come today. We want to work together for the good, using our spiritual giftedness to advance your purpose. And Lord, we pray today as we eat of this meal and drink from this cup, you will nourish us to grow up and mature into an adult follower of Jesus Christ. Hear us as we pray and all of God's people say it.